So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This season of For F1 Sake is brought to you by Carfection. And as though we'd planned a narrative arc, Terry Saunders' State of F1 videos are winning round subscribers. Yes, David B says, This series gets bombed with dislikes every single time, but I still love it. Always good to see people and corpse having the piss taken out of them. Carfection on YouTube is the place to go for anyone who loves cars that are fast, expensive, luxurious or just plain cool. I hated Terry Saunders at first, but now he is like Ricky Gervais. Original thoughts among the fake opinions these days. Someone needs to say it, what is boring these days, full of whiny shits, as he said. I'm sorry, mate, but Ricky Gervais is a f- And if you really think that my take on F1 is like Ricky Gervais's take What's on wrong fucking with Ricky Gervais? He's funny. Uh, he's not funny. He Come on, look at him. Visit youtube.com forward slash carfection now. Barbary Marshall says, take my whiny, self-centred, entitled thumbs up. Damn you. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that would fly in a guest presenter at the last minute and then not let him start. What? Why? What? Shut up, Ollie. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the inconclusive test results of F1 podcasts. We're all pretty clear that it's negative. I think I've got it. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that sounds as if it's been written by a six-year-old. I thought it was more the graphics looked like a six-year-old. Hey, when I was six, I was really good. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that won't do any jokes about being tired this week. I'm just setting my stall that every other podcast <laughs> will do a joke about being tired and we can rise above them. Hello, Chica has unexpectedly delaminated, so I'm Ollie Peart stepping in after a last-minute pit stop. Today, from the internet, we are going to talk about the British Grand Prix. 
It was an absolute snooze fest for most of the race, punctuated by a few crashes, and then a humdinger of a finale. We'll talk all about that, about how F1 finally solved racism, someone had to, and how Nico Hülkenberg still doesn't have a podium. That's all to come. Joining me is a man whose ears hurt. It's Phil Tromans. Hello, everyone. I have a daughter, an infant daughter. Uh, some of you may have heard about her on the podcast before. She's six months old now. She's discovered that she can scream at the top of her lungs. Is that why you're sort of... You're not whispering, but you're definitely talking quietly. Is that like the danger of waking her well, up? Well, she's asleep in the room below me, so right. I'm trying not to, yeah. to yodel oh, too loud. Below you? Get you with your two floors. Three floors. <laughs> Four if you count off. the loft. Loft? I don't Jeez. live in London, so I can afford a big house. Well, a bigger house. A house. <laughs> and alongside him is a man who caused some controversy this week. It's Terry Saunders. Now, message to Matt when you're editing this. You may have to cut all of this out because... <laughs> uh, so, some of my day job got eviscerated on Twitter this week. And I Ooh. am now seen as a pariah for the... Long story short, guess who drew the pictures? <laughs> Ollie, what have you been up to? I watched a film about VR called Ready Player One, and I watched it in VR. I thought, I've got, I've got a VR headset, so I thought, this film's about VR. It's Steven Spielberg, so I thought it'd be quite good. It's, it's really weird. I watched it on um, Amazon Prime, right? And the way they set it up, they try and make it as, as much like a cinema experience as possible, to the, to the point where you're... <laughs> You start off outside the cinema to pick the film you want to watch, right? But it's like a cartoony type town. And then it puts you in the middle of a cinema and I just watch this thing. But I spent a good 20 minutes adjusting the size of the screen because there was one point where it was so big that I had to just sort of look oh, Is that like when you, when you go to see an IMAX film yeah. and you accidentally see it way too close to the, to the screen and like something happens and you basically crane your neck to see what's going exactly. on? Exactly. Oh, so, Ollie, where, why are you here? Where's Chica this week? She's away. She's on holiday. Dodging coronavirus. Don't know where she's gone. Hasn't let us know that information. Just left. I think a, ca- a cabin in the woods is all I know. She's in Silverstone and the test results were inconclusive. That's all <laughs> I know. Right, so let's head into Listener's Corner at quite the speed and just hope the tyres hold up long enough to hear your opinions on everything that's happened in the world of F1 since the Hungarian Grand Prix. The fun and games began before the race weekend kicked off at Silverstone, as it was announced that Sergio Perez had returned an inconclusive COVID-19 test. And shortly afterwards, as we all kind of already knew, it was announced that he had tested positive and would have to miss the race. So who would replace him? Would it be one of Racing Point's two reserve drivers, Stoffel van Dorn or Esteban Gutierrez? No. Don't be silly. It was Nico No Podiums Hulkenberg, who sprinted to the UK on Thursday afternoon to have a final shot at glory. Spoiler alert, there was no glory, as Hulkenberg's car didn't work and he couldn't start the race. Will Bowen, who we assume is wearing a tinfoil hat, asks, Is everyone sure that Perez didn't pay a visit to the Racing Point garage on Saturday night? John Gardner has the same milliner as Will. He says, Did Racing Point deliberately sabotage Hulk's race? And making sure that the hat shop is struggling with social distancing, Russell Trigg says, Tracing Point sabotaged Hulkenberg so he doesn't embarrass Stroll. This was the most No, F1. they didn't. No, they didn't. N- the Racing Point would not have jeopardised points on a race just to get the better of Nico Hulkenberg, as funny as that would have been. <laughs> Although I think it's likely that Perez was in his hotel room with like the key fob to the car up against the window. 
and whenever he saw Hulkenberg get in the car, he just went, beep, beep. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if Formula One cars were started with key fobs? How would. are they started? Well, yeah. that, that's, how, that, that's how you unlock them. Um, how are they started these days? It used to be there was a start motor at the back. thing up the right up the I don't right think they the do back. that anymore. I think it's all computers. I think they just press go on the Surely computer. Surely it's just an on button. No, they have a, don't they have a, I think they still use the, the, the starter, don't they? Because they always I have don't the think the they do. Don't they? I haven't seen that for years. I feel years. like this is something we you should, should know. You should definitely know that. That's why I asked the question. I feel like that's well, that's definitely what it used to be. Because that was the whole they used point. Because they used to be at the pit stop as well as the guy with the spare jack. There was the guy with the engine starter See, in case he used to be. It. Have you, when nah, have must, you seen it that? Must be, nah, it must be a buttons now. Because the be point buttons. is, as a starter motor, which is separate to an engine, I discovered. Is no, that must be it. Oh, I've well, got it. They're I've heavy it. though. They surely wouldn't have them on board. No, they? but now they've got the hybrid system, so the hybrid system must do the starting. So they don't need to have a separate mm, thing. Fucking be. genius. That, I bet that's it. Oh god, I feel right. clever. Oh, this if is you the best know, I've felt all lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> if you know for sure, let us know. Wrong at ff1s.com. But yeah, we're saying that. I mean, okay, let's recap what happened. Perry's got coronavirus. They could, they ignored their two reserve drivers, which makes me think, what's the point of the reserve drivers? But anyway. Called up Nico Hülkenberg, who flew in Thursday night, had a seat fitting at 2am, had like three yeah, hours of sleep. And we all lads, eh? Who hasn't had a seat fitting at 2am, right? Hey? <laughs> By 8am, he was in the Racing Point Simulator, trying to understand the car and learn what the steering wheel did and all this kind of stuff. The buttons on the steering wheel, I'm sure he knows what the actual wheel does, uh, left and right. And... Then at 10 o'clock, he was still waiting on the results of his own coronavirus test so he could jump in and do FP1. Uh, and he did all that. I think he did okay. Qualifying wasn't great. He was within a uh, what, point one of Stroll, I think, in, in practice. Then they couldn't start the car and he couldn't race and it was all for nothing. There must have been a reason that they didn't actually use their own reserve drivers, though. Like you said, that's a really weird thing to do, isn't it? Well, this I know. So Stoffel van Dorn was in... Another country doing. Oh, he's in. He's in Germany. He's doing the Formula E. I think he's so doing he Formula had in Berlin. Commitments. But that's not till next weekend, is it? Or maybe he's there now. Isolate beforehand or something. And I think I read. Well, I, re- I definitely read something on Twitter. I'm not. I can't confirm it because I didn't look into it. But Gutierrez hasn't got the right super license because you've got oh. to have been racing. You know, you get the number of points yeah, by yeah, racing. It. He hasn't raced for years, so he can't actually race. So they've got a reserve driver who's not allowed to race. <laughs> It's been a while since. When was he in F1? It was a good three or four years ago, wasn't it? 1957. <laughs> Makes me think, what's the point of having him as a reserve driver then? What well, they didn't do? bank on Perez getting fucking coronavirus. They didn't they? bank on needing a reserve driver. Surely that's the whole point to the reserve driver. Anyway. It's like getting insurance, isn't it? You don't well, go for the expensive insurance because you never need it. Um, luckily, Hulkenberg is highly likely, I believe, to have another chance at the 70th anniversary Grand Prix this coming weekend. Uh, and hopefully Perez. he'll fail again. He, he's either got to not start again or get a podium. Anything in between is just pointless. Meanwhile, Mercedes had another easy win with Hamilton cruising home six seconds in the lead. But wait, that wasn't the whole story. He did his final lap with just three tyres, having suffered the same right front failure as Bottas and Sainz. Just to- Sorry, it was, it was left front. My bad. I was looking in the mirror. Oh, my God. Your left. left front, wasn't it? Yes, uh, it was. Yeah, do you do it from the driver's position? It's not like stage right. Yes. No. For, <laughs> this yeah. is an important it's, thing to know. No, no, no. It's, That's good. It's left. No, it's stage right, and the front is actually the back. <laughs> and it's not in full one. It's not front and back. It's aft and stern. No. Yeah, let's go with that. 
Yeah. The Port Stern tyre. <laughs> he did his final lap with just three tyres, having suffered the same left front failure as Bottas and Sainz just a couple of laps earlier. Mark Stokes loves a fact. He says Hamilton's last lap on three wheels was still 12 seconds faster than the supercar lap record around that track. 1 minute 55 versus 2 minutes 8. Ben Turnbull says Mercedes are just taking the piss out of everybody. Three wheels this week. Probably won't bother with a steering wheel next week. Liam Dominic Hannaway says Silverstone woke up late and tried to be dramatic, but all that happened was Hamilton won again. Bottas was Bottas'd out of the title challenge. He was never really in anyway. Well, he did have four wheels. It's just the third one Sorry, was... three tyres. Yeah. Three inflated tyres. Also, though, wasn't it, it, it... It was only like the last third of a lap or a third of a mile or whatever it was no it, no it was it was quite a few was corners it? it was more corners than he probably yeah wanted but he, to but do he still that. had four tires for like most of the lap he did but bear in mind when he when he when the puncture went his engineer was talking to him on the radio and he said right verstappen's 30 seconds behind you and by the time he crossed the line verstappen had caught up to six seconds behind him so it was enough 24 you know, the fact that hamilton was still going faster than any production supercar Verstappen still took 24 seconds out of him. Shows, you know, these F1 cars, pretty fast. Yeah, but they're supposed to be. It would be... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's that good a fact. It's like going... It's quantifying just how fast they are. It's like going, oh, me with a splinter in my toe is still faster than your nan down the street. It's like, well, yeah. It would be, you know, if you had okay, a, a broken the... tibia. I don't think it's a broken tibia, though, because you're still going around. It's more like a sprained ankle. Okay, let's say a sprained ankle... Mm. Would I be able to walk faster than your nan? Well, she's dead, so no. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I well. win. You are both really bad losers. <laughs> it, yeah, Mercedes dominance. If if anything, if anything sums up Mercedes dominance, it's when one car loses a wheel, still does a whole lapse, like more than a couple of percent of the entire race on three tires, still wins by several seconds. While Bottas went backwards and Hamilton struggled around, Max Verstappen was chasing down a possible win that surely would have been a certain win had he not pitted for fresh tyres a lap before Lewis's tyres let go in order to chase down a point for fastest lap. Tristan Clayton says, It was only a matter of time before a driver missed a win while chasing the fastest lap. I was never a fan of this extra point. It introduces too much artifice to the purpose of the race, getting from start to finish as quickly as possible for very little benefit by way of excitement. Paul Colburn says, Imagine thinking that pitting for new softs with a few laps to go to set the fastest lap was a good idea, when you can see Mercedes tyres disintegrating quicker than Ferrari's whole season. Tristan Clayton, I do not want to get stuck next to you at a party. <laughs> oh, actually, <laughs> for, oh, actually, too much artifice for the purpose of the race. Oh, come on, mate. It's a fucking Formula 1 race. And Jackie Stewart said the way to win a Formula 1 race is to get from start to finish in the lead as slowly as possible. Because if you go quick, you're just adding risk. So I'm going to be controversial here, as I always am. I think Red Bull did the right thing. I also think they did the right thing. But they didn't oh. win, so... <laughs> the thing is, if if they hadn't have pitted, and then Verstappen's tyre had also gone, because they said it was it was on the way out, we'd have all been criticised. And it's like, you've just watched three other cars lose their front left tyre. Why didn't you pit, you idiots? Um, and so Bottas had been complaining right. about his tyre for ages, and very unusually for Lewis Hamilton. He hadn't mentioned his once. Yeah. <laughs> he was saying, la-la land, going, oh, it's fine, these tyres. It was unfortunate, in hindsight... Uh, for Verstappen but uh, no I, I, 
they could never have known that that would have happened to uh, to Hamilton. So exactly. I mean, come on. We've been watching Formula One for years. When have you ever seen tires like three cars tires go within a couple of laps of each other? I mean, that, at Silverstone. Yeah, that year at Silverstone. That yeah, that's yeah. a good point. And this year at Silverstone, and, and this uh, year at Silverstone, and that year yeah. at Indianapolis. But apart from then, yeah, we've had a, we've had this extra point for a bit now. What are, what are your thoughts on it? I don't think there's enough extra points. I think I think there should be extra points for all sorts of things over the weekend. Like what? Hair, catering. Best mask. Um, the most flamboyant way to get in and out of a car. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. that I mean, imagine when the, when the grid was like, like when they were all at the grid, they all got to get yes. in. Imagine if it was like synchronised swimming, all the drivers were at the side mm. of the track and then mm. you had judges that held it, you know, like in ice skating where they held up yeah. like six, five, and then all the drivers one by one have to get into their car. I think they should all have branded trampettes and just sort of do a little run-up like they do on the vault. Some kind of flip that ends in the car or possibly Some ends them- up with them splitting the halo and hurting the nuts or like maybe have some rings above the car and they kind of but they should all do it like a running start all at the same time because then it would just be chaos yeah so you'd have to have a judge yeah, yeah. Uh, oh like no okay yeah no t- synchronized oh like a uh, le mans start so the old days in le mans they used to start at the side of the road and they want to run into the car and then mm. drive off so if they do that but they've got to do a little gymnastic thing do some bounces but they've got to end with their arms out like in gymnast <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and they've got to do the weird gymnast run that all gymnasts do as well. You and one of them gets what? like a ribbon on a stick. <laughs> rhythmic, rhythmic gymnastics. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. So they should have to do it. F- they should have to do it four times over the course of the race, different disciplines each time. I mean, honestly, the middle part of that race was so fucking dull. If they'd have said, "And uh, now Leclerc is coming in for his mandatory running about with a ribbon on a stick," I'd have been like, "I'm up for this." <laughs> I like. Yeah, I like the um, point for fastest lap. I think it adds something because otherwise they all just sit there and go, "Well, we're not going to get anything, are we? Might as well just sit in and not bother trying." Can we stop everything? I've, just this second on Facebook, we've had a message come through from a fan, and I think we should read it out. Go live. on, then. This is from Jacob. Says, "Hi, I am a 14-year-old Formula One fan who loves your podcast. However, my father walked in recently whilst I was listening to a recent episode, just as Chica said." <laughs> Right, you lefty slacks. The timing was humorous, but now I can't listen to the podcast unless I'm hidden in a cupboard. Stop swearing so much. I'm looking more at you, Terry. I mean, I don't believe that's real. In other news, Formula One finally got its act together in the pre-race anti-racism message with an actual presentation pre-prepared and all the drivers actually doing something, even if they still can't agree on whether or not to take a knee. It was less shambolic than previous races in that they actually showed it and they had all the drivers there, and they were all wearing their shirts, and they actually had something that said racism's bad. Well, they're still sticking with the bad font for end racism that looks like second racism. Yeah, there's that. In reality, though, what's going to happen from here? <sighs> I mean, I honestly don't think it's going to get much better than this, to be honest. I think this is this is the, the most tokenistic effort they could possibly get together, and it was at least moderately organised this time. But They did make a video. Still, I mean, they did, but it's like... Uh, Come on. When you've got all the drivers in NASCAR getting behind their one black driver and literally walking behind him and is he then pushing his car out into the circuit, whatever it was they did, and every single Premier League footballer taking a knee at the start of every game, it's pretty pathetic. You know, and, I think they spent longer the, clapping the NHS Spitfire going over in unison. Didn't have any problems with that. Some of the drivers seemed to mean what they were saying, but some of them really had the look of a hostage video. Like, they were in black and white. <laughs> And they were saying, I believe that we shouldn't be racist and I'm healthy and they're treating me very kindly here. (laughs) 
Does anyone remember Fernando Alonso? The Spaniard will return to F1 in 2021 for another year, pitting hope against experience. But he might also be returning to Indianapolis, as McLaren said it would consider running him at the Indy 500 next year. Usually, America's big oval race clashes with Monaco, but next year it's scheduled to be a week later. This could be yet another chance for Alonso to not win at Indy, following this year's attempt later this month, also with McLaren. Is he is he going to give up at any point, do you think? Well, no, he'll do it forever. I mean, the thing is, if he's trying to get this triple crown, which he's not going to do, he's got to do India every available opportunity. Now, you know that in 2022, if the Renault is a sniff of a championship winning car, which it won't be, then he won't do it. But next year, the Renault's going to be shit. So <laughs> he's got it in his contract to let him go and do whatever he wants. The trouble with this triple crown thing now is that the Monaco stuff is, is Monaco, Indy, and the Le Mans Twenty Four Hours, and he's yep. got Monaco, and fair enough, not, not taking that away from him, that was absolutely fine. He's got Le Mans, but he did it at the only good team that was racing at Le Mans, so I think that's devalued it a little bit. I just get the feeling that however many times he tries at Indy, he's not going to win it, and this could end. This could age very badly if he then proceeds to win it in three weeks' time. Yeah, but the thing with Indy, Indy you, you've year. got you've got Emerson Fittipaldi, isn't he? Isn't Emerson Fittipaldi still doing Indy five hundred? I don't think he is now, but he was relatively recently, like at a very old age for because he was four one world champion in the seventies, and he's still yeah, doing he was Indy still doing in the nineties. In the 2000s, I reckon. Was it that I, late? I think he was well into his 50s when he was still doing it, and possibly even still winning it. I can't remember. I don't follow it that closely. But, but if he can do it for that long, then Alonso will be doing it. But next year, the Renault's going to be shit, so <laughs> he's got it in his contract to let him go and do whatever he wants. On the subject of future wins, how long before Ferrari will be on the top step again? Not until 2022, if the chairman is to be believed. John Elkin said the team has a structural weakness and has done for the past 10 years, and he doesn't expect to be able to fight for victories until 2022. Terry, what did he say exactly? By the way, John Elkin is Italian-American. The reality is, is that car is not competitive. You saw it on the track and you'll see it again. Oh, Today we this are. This is him. terrible. <laughs> The reality is, is that a car is not a competitive. You saw it on the track and you'll see it again. Today we are laying the foundations for being a competitive and returning to winning when the rules change in 2022. I am convinced of it. Mexican? I'm a bit too Italian. I mean, he's only saying what we've been saying for ages, let's be honest, that Ferrari have been rubbish for ages and aren't going to win anytime soon. So I don't know why he's getting all this news coverage. Nobody reported it when we said it. When was the last championship they won? Was it 08? Could be Raikkonen, yeah. Uh, Well, Raikkonen for the Drivers' Championship in 07. Did they yep. win the drivers in uh, the teams in 08? Maybe. Hamilton won the drivers. Yeah, that rings about. Anyway, it's more than 10 years ago. And uh, yeah, they're not going to win any races at all this year unless there's more tyre shenanigans. The tyres are Italian, aren't they? Oh, it's a new conspiracy theory. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for f one sake or find us on Facebook where we're for f one sake or... Email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Thank you very much to all the lovely people that have sent us beer money this week. They are Edward Hales. All hail, Edward Hales. Nice. Ranjan Mukherjee. All Mukherjee with Ranjan Mukherjee. That doesn't what? work. Ranjan's a good name. I like that. Name. Yeah. Maxwell Wilhelm. <laughs> Sounds like a movie villain. Not yeah. quite sure why. Racism. Wow. And Keith Falconer. I saw a Kestrel the other day. <laughs> Keith Kestreler, that's a good name. 
you can get involved as well. Just go to, Terry? Go to ff1s.com forward slash Kestrel, Kestrel, Kestrel. Or all the real address, which is pint, pint, pint. And then go there and you can buy us a pint. Or if you go to Kestrel, 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 you can buy us. Actually, to be fair, the, the system on Squarespace means you can only, unless you pay more for the more the, the business tier, you can only set up for any bird of prey. But if you pay if you pay for the extra a month, you can you can say just buy us a Kestrel. But you, on this tier, it's just any bird of prey. Right, let's get into our forensic dissection of the teams following the fun at Silverstone. Mercedes, Valtteri Bottas, nowhere, 11th, Lewis Hamilton, 1st. Sometimes it's hard to remember that Valtteri Bottas is a real boy with real thoughts and real emotions and not just that word that always appears under the word Hamilton. But through no fault of his own, he's gone from definitely not winning the championship this year to absolutely definitely not winning. Can he catch a break? He was never going to win. We've said this from the start. He has. He's had his win. There was a chance that he could have won no, the championship. No, I know we both thought he wouldn't win the championship, and now we've been proved right. But <laughs> there was a chance. Let's face it, for the story of the season, it would have been better yesterday if Bottas had won the race and Hamilton's tyre had gone, so that it would have been the illusion of a fight. But now it's I just... Mean, if we do, if we're going into the story of the race, there's there's loads of scenarios that we could come up with. Most of which end up with George Russell winning somehow. What would be the best race ever? I think it would Hulkenberg. be... Hulkenberg. They all crash and they finally get Hulkenberg's car going halfway through the race, and he comes out and he's around the back and he's sixty five laps down. But then everybody else crashes and Hulkenberg wins. Okay, wait a second. Would that be legit? So let's say, right, they couldn't get Hulkenberg's car started for, let's say, 10 laps, but then they went out anyway. So he's still starting the race, but he'd be 10 laps down. And if all the other cars crashed out, he would unlap himself eventually. That would be legit, wouldn't it? I don't know if... I think if... I I would think you have to take the start somehow, even if it's just from the pit lane. Okay. I would think. You're ruining the Hollywood tale. Yeah. Okay, there were some people saying on the internet that... Hamilton should have gone into the pits because he was driving a dangerous car, which is bullshit. But is there something to do with the weight of the... You know, they have to weigh the cars after. Would the car be lighter because there's bits of tyre missing? I think if there's a bit fallen off it, that's probably all right. Especially if you can prove that it comprehensively wasn't going faster because it had shed weight. Because I put that on Twitter and some (laughs) wrote back going... Uh, I think you'll find that air doesn't weigh anything in tyres. And I was like, the question was more nuanced than that, you tool. I was like, there are bits of the car falling off, not if the tyre hasn't got any air in it, is it lighter? (laughs) Prat. Ferrari. Two podiums in four races in that Ferrari is pretty impressive from Leclerc. Also, Vettel finished 10th as if he was driving a lone car. Is Charles out driving the car or is Sebastian rubbish? Vettel had a pretty terrible weekend not all of that was his fault except for did you see the footage of him elbow bumping Lawrence Stroll yes he is definitely going to Aston Martin next year just saying may well be no not may well be I'm proud of this I guessed this months ago and everyone said I was stupid and now I've been proved right so let me fucking gloat alright but (laughs) I don't think on the basis of this season so far Aston Martin are going to be that excited about him arriving 
he did have a load of issues this weekend. Not all of them were his fault. Basically, from free practice one, everything started going wrong. The car didn't work properly. Things broke. He couldn't get the hang of it. But that said, he was still decidedly average. Having said that, Leclerc, I thought, drove really well. I think, yes, he is probably out driving that car quite a bit because there's no way that that should be getting one podium, let alone two. And for all us joking that Ferrari aren't going to win this year, you could think that if, uh, you know, Verstappen's engine goes and the Mercedes have tyre problems again, Leclerc would be the one there to scoop it up. It is insane that he was... Because I don't know if it's just me, because it was one of those races where you get a bit bored halfway through, you know. And then at the end, just go... Oh, look, it says Leclerc's third. That must be a mistake on the timing screens. And you go, no. oh, no, he really is. No, he drove really well. He was nearly a second faster than Vettel in qualifying, Aren't which says all? a lot. I mean, I know Vettel had issues, but, you know, not having enough practice time, he should be familiar enough with that car and they should be familiar enough with that track that he should be well within a second of his teammate in the same car. It's going badly for Ferrari, it's going badly for Vettel, but Leclerc is, is acquitting himself pretty well under the circumstances, I would say. Red Bull. Verstappen had another excellent race in a car that's no way near as fast as the Mercedes, but was perfectly poised to pounce when the Merc messed up. Except he'd just had a pit stop, so couldn't. But still, at least he got fastest lap. Verstappen, should we start with him? He's very good. He did, he did very well, he had a boring race. He had a little joke at the end, uh, midway through, about telling his engineer to get to drink some water. Which, by the way, we haven't mentioned Coulthard's amazing joke about, I've heard the rumour that oh. Silverson's going to be renamed <laughs> Hamilton Stone because he's almighty. won so many times there. That was absolutely painful. Like, what was he thinking? Because he's a Lewis Stone. Lewis Stone would be a better joke. I mean, still shit. But even but- Hamilton. It's he the said same Hamilton Stone. Yeah. Hamilton is actually good. Hamilton is good. That's better. Yeah. Maybe that's what he was going for, and he just fluffed it. Uh, but he's like, oh, I'm just going to carry on. Like, you know, that time when he tried to go into the pits and was heading towards the wall and thought, I'm just going to carry on. Oh, bitch. Anyway, uh, so Verstappen was good. Um, Albon. He, he's on thin ice, I would say. Is he, Especially though? as think- Gasly's driving very well, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. No, but I don't think he is on thin ice, because if you've got... Gasly and Albon, who are two very different drivers, who have gone down the same route of going to Red Bull and being a bit shit. I think you've got to question Red Bull, and I think Red Bull have to go. There's something wrong with us. Well, it's not that you, is undoubtedly true, but they won't do that because they're Red Bull. Yeah, but they can't bring Gasly back because they know he'll be shit again. They can't. Well, of course he will. Well, see, I think I think they promoted Gasly too early. And he didn't do a good enough job. And they, they are not going to put again. Gasly but back this, in that. This season, Gasly's been driving really back. well. They're not going to put Gasly back. They just—they'd rather just have no one there. I reckon. <laughs> He's going to run one car. They just have it like a Christian news Horner. For you. Just have a guest host every week. It's what a tub Bruce of lard. Forsyth. It's um, who else presents? Have I got these? Dawn French. Boris Johnson. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Dawn French. Put Dawn French in the car. She um, would be a great female ambassador for driving I mean she'd be great great female ambassador I'm not sure for driving but Whoa, what are you saying Phil I'm just saying that maybe she's not as quick as a form- in a Formula 1 car as perhaps the rest of the field I don't think that's I a think, controversial statement I think she'd be quicker than Alex Albon <laughs> 
Alban, in fairness to him, was quick towards the end, but it was only because he'd had a bit of a weird convoluted journey and he'd done two pit stops rather than one, and he got fresh tyres on and basically charged up from the back. But, uh, he, you know, he'd had another dodgy weekend and he crashed in practice, didn't he, as well? Yeah. And he didn't make it through to Q3. Yeah. Oh, he's not He's not. He's not good enough. It may, maybe maybe it's a Verstappen thing. Maybe Verstappen has got his Red Bull set up so that only he knows how to drive it and nobody else can drive it properly. Wait a minute. Can I interrupt again with another live message? I've just Facebook's just beeped at me and Jacob has sent two more messages, but one of them is about <laughs> Alex Albon. <laughs> is he listening live? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. Have you noticed how encapsulated crap Albon is turning out to be? 13th against Max's third in quality is utter rubbish. Will he get the boot from Red Bull and join the group of reject drivers at Alpha Tauri? Well, we've got another guest host when we need one. 14-year-old <laughs> boy called Jacob. Um, yes, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, Tell I your think... dad that swearing is fine. What if, and I think somebody might have suggested this on, uh, on one of the socials, and apologies, I don't have it in front of me. What if Hulkenberg goes to, Re- uh, to Red Bull? Or Perez goes to Red Bull. That's actually not a bad idea, is it? Well, so he's pretty uh, pretty dependable. It's not going to be as good as Verstappen, but he'll probably be better than Albon. Exactly. Or Willie. McLaren. Norris put one over on signs at the weekend, out-qualifying him and then not blowing up his tyres in the race. He also had an adorable helmet design created by a six-year-old girl. But then he let signs pass on the first lap and got stuck behind him and then got mugged by Ricardo near the end. Sainz did okay, but lost his tyre with a few laps to go and ended up 13th. The best bit of the weekend was on Sky F1, Simon Lazenby, that's his name, isn't it? The host, saying at the end to Norris, so are you going to give the helmet to the girl who designed it? And he just went, shh, <laughs> shh, don't say anything. And it was the most awkward I've ever seen <laughs> sitting on stools since I went to that Westlife concert. McLaren were good, but maybe a bit unlucky. Not, not maybe quite. Do you reckon they'll be a bit disappointed? Well, I think Norris could have come fourth because he got mugged at the end by Ricardo, and Sainz obviously should have been fourth or fifth. So they could have been fourth and fifth, and they ended up fifth and thirteenth. So yeah, I mean, Sainz was unlucky with the tire, but yeah, I mean, they're they're still looking like they're well up there with the best of the rest, if not quite establishing themselves. They're not quite... I mean, Racing Point have been not quite showing the promise of copying the Mercedes. Renault have just been dog shit. So actually, McLaren are kind of the fourth best team. This feels like a season of everyone except Mercedes and possibly Williams this year not doing as well as they should be doing with what they've got. It feels like a lot of, a lot of teams ballsing it up this year as opposed to some teams doing better than others. You know what I mean? But the only reason the Mercedes are smashing it is because of Ferrari cheating last year. Well, so no, because even then, even when Ferrari were cheating, Mercedes still ended up winning. They still no, won but the Mercedes said they got panicked last year by Ferrari's engine being so much better. So they put a bunch of extra R&D over the winter into making their engine better. And then it came out that Ferrari had been cheating. So now their engine is just better anyway than anyone else's. So good on them. Racing point. So I listened to the last podcast and you were talking about Perez feeling under the weather but didn't think that it was a giant red flag during a global pandemic. Hulkenberg did well, though. In retrospect, yeah, we probably, when, he, when he said he felt dizzy in the last race... We probably what the fuck have. is everyone... What the fuck is wrong with all of us? I, I mean, the 4 to 1 media, podcasts and every twat on Twitter. 
Perez, in qualifying in the last race, said he didn't do very well because he was feeling a bit dizzy and a bit under the weather. And not one fucking person said, oh my God, has he got fucking coronavirus? We just went, oh, bless him. He's probably a bit unwell. Do you think that's maybe <laughs> because back in March or whenever it was, whenever anybody had a cough, everyone was like, oh, coronavirus. And that got really old really quickly. I got grief on Twitter on Friday or Saturday when they said about the inconclusive test results. Because I said something like, inconclusive just means it's positive and they're freaking the fuck out and they're trying to work out how to spin this. And I had a bunch of people going like, oh, don't be so negative, you know, you can't be making stuff up, all this kind of stuff. And lo and behold, I can smell bullshit from a mile off. <laughs> inconclusive, my, there's no such thing as an inconclusive test. That is a positive test and they need to buy some fucking time. In fairness, there is such a thing as an inclu- inconclusive test. No. Okay. I stand corrected. We've talked about Hulkenberg. Pretty unlucky. Perez, how, do we know what's happening with Perez? I presume he's in isolation in somewhere in England? He is in Northampton, They Hampton, just locked him in a... Okay. He's oh, just got dear. an Airbnb. Poor bloke. Yeah. But the thing yeah, is... Poor so, bastard. This is what I don't understand, because, yes, all the teams are doing their bubbles and stuff, and they're all wearing masks when they're on the car and everything, and he was... His trainer and maybe his nutritionalist or someone have been told to isolate as well. But he obviously was in close contact with a lot of other people last weekend. And yet, it doesn't seem to be as big a deal as I thought it would be. I'm a bit confused by it all. You would have thought... Because I thought if a driver got it, that team just would be out of the fucking race. So, yeah, you would have thought that like at least all his pit crew, probably. Yeah. Because surely, you know, anyone who he's in a meeting with... I mean, maybe they're not in. I don't know. Maybe they're all doing. But how close are you getting to your pit crew? And then you don't get that. You don't need to get that close, do you? Surely. I'm going from the fact that whenever somebody wins, they go and high five all their pit crew and stuff. Are they still doing that? Maybe they're not. No, they're wearing gloves and got helmets on. It's like, come on. Yeah, maybe maybe it is. It's just fine. How much contact are drivers supposed to have with their teams, though? Well, they're not supposed to have contact outside of. Certainly not outside of their own teams. Uh, but also within the teams, they have their own, I can't remember what they call them, micro bubbles or something like that. Like they have bubbles within bubbles where they're not supposed to. Um... It's basically the difference between an aero and a whisper. Sure. Yeah, there was an interview with um, with Norris and Science and, uh, at the end of, after the race. And they basically said, oh, go on, give each, give, give each other a hug. And Norris said, oh, no, we're not supposed to. We're in different micro bubbles. So they're not supposed to. Hug each other, I guess. Or I don't know. I feel like this as clear it. as every other bit of COVID advice I've heard. So that's all. Yeah, that's you're true. welcome. Basically, they've got the bubble, to stay alert. Alpha Tauri. Gasly has stepped nicely back into the role of ex-Red Bull driver, out-qualifying his replacement. Daniil Kvyat, however, was fiddling with his radio on a bend. Or was he? So Kvyat crashed and immediately came on the radio and went, guys, I'm so fucking sorry. And then the team said later on, yeah, yeah, yeah he crashed. But when you look at the footage, it looks pretty obvious that one of his rear tyres exploded. Quite why nobody, either driving the car or operating the uh, operating the car, realised this, I don't know. I think they're now, as we record this, saying, actually, yeah, maybe you got a puncture. Because it would be a weird place for him to lose it, and a weird way for him to lose it. This um, is just the sign of a man who has lost all confidence in yeah. himself. So it's weird, when, considering he's one of our drivers of the year from whatever it was. When a tyre goes and he's pitched into the wall, he blames himself. Yeah. That is a pattern of abuse. So he'll probably be out of a drive soon. But again, who are they going to get in? I don't know who any of the young Red Bull drivers are now. I think it's Ollie. <laughs> <Is> your <laughs> next on the list. I'll do it. It'll be a good feature for the modern man. 
It'd be this great. week, Ollie was a Formula One driver. Yeah, he came 18th. How many people are on, <laughs> how many people on, on the circuit? Uh, 20. That so would be a good result. result. Great, 18th. I'm there. Gasly did well, though. I've been quite impressed. Since Gasly got booted out of Red Bull for not being good enough, he's been really good. But don't forget, Gasly was good in Toro Rosso the year before he went to Red Bull. Like he got like a he was he's a good driver, but the Red Bull is just a weird car to drive. I think the Red Bull, I think the Red Bull when you steer left it goes right, and Max Verstappen's got the hang of that, and no one yeah. else does. It's just it's like, like riding a bicycle backwards. I wouldn't know, Phil. I can't ride a bike. Um, <laughs> oh, but we'll come back to that. Yes, well we won't because there's nothing to say. I still can't ride a bike. Gasly is a good driver. Did you watch qualifying? Did you see him get a time that was good enough to go through to uh, to Q3, but then Stroll had got exactly the same time to the millisecond, but earlier, so Gasly was out. But interestingly, do you know, do you know the the rule that decides who gets in is how much money your dad has? Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surprising um, that Latifi didn't get dad. There. Only if you've got the same time. You've got oh, to get right, to the okay. same time. It's not all about money, but if you get the same time, best dad wins. Renault. Could this be the start of a small resurgence for Renault ahead of the inevitable collapse once Alonso arrives next year? Daniel Ricciardo had a cracking race to take fourth, beating the McLarens and the Racing Points and hustling Leclerc for third towards the end. Esteban Ocon wasn't too far behind either, and while both drivers benefited from Sainz and Bottas blowing up their tyres, Renault will probably be pretty chuffed. They did all right, but in a kind of... yeah... I mean, they're not, not where sure. they want to be, but they're further forward than, frankly, I thought they would be. But it kind of felt like they were further forward. I don't know, that classic thing in Formula 1, that they're further forward because other teams are doing shit as opposed to them doing good. Now, the end result is still yeah. they're doing better, but they're not doing better, others are doing worse. No, that's fair enough. They're probably about where they should be, gradually getting a bit better. Not doing spectacularly, but also not completely fucking it up like some of the others are. So... Yeah. Although, talking of clips, did you see Ricardo? I don't know if it was from this race or not, I just saw it on Twitter today, but Sainz and Norris were being interviewed by Italian TV, and then Ricardo comes underneath, ducks under the camera, and punches Sainz in the balls. <laughs> what? That's not the first time he's done that, is it? Didn't no, he do that to one of like, his mechanics once as I well? He's just... That's not staying in your micro-bubble, is it? Well... Yeah, actually, maybe. I mean, maybe it was. No, that's year. that's breaking all sorts of social distancing rules. Maybe it was a clip from last year. But but all I'll say is, you know that Ricardo's a cheeky chappy that we want to be friends with because he's such a nice guy. I think he'd be an unbearable. <laughs> I just think you'd just be like, for fuck's sake, mate. All right, you're a Formula One driver, but Jesus Christ, just knock it back a bit. I've been coming to this pub for years, and you're just embarrassing me a bit, mate. So just yeah, just dial it back a bit, right? We all know you're funny, but. Take your shoe off. <laughs> no, put your shoe back on. <laughs> put your shoe back on. I'd now like to see some sort of reality TV show with you and Danny Ricardo going to a variety of drinking establishments. And I think a reality... T- look, all I'm saying is, I love this podcast, but if Sky were to give me a job as a correspondent next year, <laughs> I think one of the features could be Terry goes to the pub with and just have me having an honest analysis of what I think these people are like as people. Mm. Oh, not actually showing you at the pub, more you reporting back on what it was like yeah, to be yeah, at the yeah. pub. Uh, I suppose it'd be like that time we went to the uh, Motorsport Hall of Fame with hilarious results. Yeah. Talking about it afterwards is funnier than being there, which is quite embarrassing. <laughs> Williams. Things didn't look too promising for Williams after qualifying. When Latifi spun and Russell didn't slow down for the resulting yellow flags, which gave him a 
five-place grid penalty. But they did okay in the race, with Russell coming home 12th, just 10 seconds off a point, and actually overtook some other cars. Sure, it was just the Alfa Romeos, but still. Latifi also overtook an Alfa, Raikkonen, and while he was slower than Russell, it was probably his best race so far. They're yeah. doing better. They're like better than Haas on merit, but still, it's not quite the fairy tale, is it? Well, better than Alpha on merit, maybe. Yeah. Not sure they were better than Haas on Haas. Haas had a well. We'll talk about Haas in a minute, but they're progress. You know, last year they were miles off the back of everybody else, and now they're mixing it up. And on merit, they're not last. So yeah, it's progress, but it's not like a sporting film. If the Mighty Ducks was about a team that were rubbish and then by the end well, of the field they have a big cool runnings they have uh, yeah but cool runnings is uh, yeah I suppose it, they are a bit cool runnings aren't they it's a bit yeah. Eddie the Eagle they're, yeah are they, they're, they're, they start off Latifi can't get his helmet on bong Claire Williams hits him on the head brilliant John John Candy is Patrick Head yeah oh, that's and fantastic. Frank Williams <laughs> yeah it's an amalgamation anyway Williams is shit next Haas <laughs> Haas <laughs> What happened to Phil's audio then? That was weird. Sound effects. Roman Grosjean is the head of the GPDA and got a black and white flag for terrible driving standards and Kevin Magnussen was punted out on the first lap. Should we start with Magnussen? Magnussen. The crash with Albon. Whose fault was it? Magnussen has been a bit of a dick, but Albon has also been a bit of a dick. Wow. So okay. Explain. It was a classic thing. Albon's in a much faster car, out of position. He didn't need to bid it all on the first lap. So I think it's his fault because he didn't have to be in that position. But right. also Magnussen could have just not been a bit of a dick about it. See, I disagree. Oh. I think that when you look at it, the corner. So there was basically two corners before. They come onto the um, the start finish straight where they where they actually crashed. And on the first one, Magnussen hit a curb and slid a bit and lost a load of time and went wide. And Albon carried a lot more speed and was coming up the inside and noticed a gap and went for it. And I think Magnussen turned in on him. Mm-hmm. I think Magnussen should have realised that he'd lost a load of speed and the cars behind him would be faster and he should have had an eye out and he should have given him more room. Having said that, racing incident. Yeah. But predominantly Magnuson's fault and I wouldn't have doled out I wouldn't certainly wouldn't have penalised Albon and Magnuson's penalty was the fact that he smashed into the wall yeah no I think that's fair alright good um, <laughs> Grosjean and his slightly shonky weaving under braking just as I am mentioning Grosjean in the state of F1 a bit but yes Grosjean weaving like my mother's maiden name is your mother's maiden name weaving weaver oh okay yeah, that works. My date of birth is the 17th. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. You're going to get me for ID fraud. All right. Well, if you're going to talk about it later on, we'll hear your uh, decisive judgment. It's just all about my mum's maiden name. Okay. That's uh, yeah, Haas. Uh, well, they've got a shit Ferrari engine, so they're not doing very well. Didn't Grosjean Fuck almost them. cause many, many accidents with that weaving, though? I mean, it's dangerous, right? And he's not supposed to do it. It yeah, is dangerous, but, you know. and he's not supposed to do it. You're very right. I think to a certain level, though, it's Grosjean, so everyone sort of expects it. He was moaning about Hamilton getting £40 million a year as a co- as a salary earlier in the year. And then he's just there going, oh, look at me, I'm going to weave all over the place. The fucking last place, like a dick. <laughs> That's why Hamilton gets £40 million a year. He doesn't do that. 
In fact, that should be in all of our salaries. And everyone's job listening, you should just be like, can I get a salary increase? Why? I'm not going to weave in front of someone. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, you get a salary increase with that. Yeah, yeah. You go to the next point on the scale. Unless you're a professional weaver, of course. But if you're a professional weaver, you don't weave in front of someone. Well, you don't do it in secret. That's do you? just goading someone. What if you're a if you're a professional weaver? You're just there in the pub going, Hooray! look at me. Well, what I, assume they, I assume they did it competitively to drive up standards. No, that's just how you get accidents, Phil. You just throw down. No, bring out your loom. Think of any industrial industry where you do competitive work. I mean, I would say most industries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically what the Victorians did, didn't they? You want to be better than everybody else. It's the whole point of uh, capitalism, isn't it? Not in front of them. (laughs) You don't literally have two... But you're talking about different companies. Two people in a factory weaving don't try and outdo each other. I think you have never been to a motoring journalist press conference where some motoring journalists stand up and try and make it clear how much they know when they ask their questions. Cool. Alfa Romeo. Kimmy may have inadvertently caused all the punctures with a bit of last minute wing damage but at least that means we have something to say about him anything else nope oh, he's a man rapidly losing his luster if he had any left i would say aside from the you know not being bothered about racism thing he's not bothered about racing either it would seem <laughs> he, he should wear a t-shirt most... that says end racing <laughs> <laughs> kimmy spent a lot of the race battling with russell uh which he lost and giovanazzi got a five-second penalty uh, for speeding under a safety car, which I didn't even know was a thing. How do you do that? Well, they track their speed, right, um, surely? What, what's the top speed you can do in a safety car? Well, surely as long as you stay behind the safety car and don't overtake all the cars in front of you, because the safety car sets... The, so unless he's overtaking people, I don't quite understand how that works. That's but, a good point, actually. That's a bit... Yeah. But anyway, st- he was still three places ahead of Raikkonen, so I'd say good for Giovinazzi. Bad for Raikkonen. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. For the driver standings, I've decided to go down the off-trend route of movie quotes. Mm. So, in lead of the championship is Lewis Hamilton with You Lucky Bastard. Valtteri Bottas is I Wish I Knew How to Quit You, which is a line from Brokeback Mountain, which is all about he's in love with Lewis. It's a it's a joke. Max Verstappen says, I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. Well, that's a bit harsh on our one, isn't it? <laughs> Lando Norris, are you not entertained? Charles Leclerc, you're the man now, dog. I've realised when I, I did this, I was just Googling movie quotes that I don't really understand where they were from. Yeah, but I can't work so out any of really, them. Where's you're not... the man now, dog, from? Big hang Mama's on, house. I'm just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just searching the page I've got open. That's from Finding Forrester, a 2000 film. No one's ever heard of that. Never heard of it. Alexander Elwood, now you're in the sunken place. I think that might be Stranger Things. That's not even a film. You shall not pass, is Perez. You can't handle the truth. That's um, A Few Good Men. That's Lance Stroll. Surely you can't be serious. That's Ricardo. That's, you know, that's Airplane, because he'd be joking and then punch him in the balls. (laughs) You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? That's Carlos Sainz talking about the tyres, because oh, this is weak. You nailed the uh, Italian-American really t- there, though. This afternoon, I was really tired. And I was no, no, go, give it give it some gusto. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night, says Gasly. I don't know what that's from. You're going to need a bigger boat. That's Vettel going to Aston Martin. Are you talking to me? That's Giovinazzi, because no one talks to him. I couldn't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. 
That's caveat. And I drink your milkshake is Magnuson because that's the nearest to I suck your balls I could find. I'm sure there's a few films where they yeah. say that. Yeah, but not on the list I had. I didn't want to go down that that avenue. You don't I, want to you know, Google was, more than one page. I'm easily distracted, Phil. Anyway, so I was thinking about Paul Sergio Perez is isolating because of the coronavirus. And I was wondering what different teams would do with their isolating drivers. How would they feed them? You know, what kind of packages or food would they deliver on the expense account? And this is what I came up with. (laughs) So Mercedes would deliver a Fortnum and Mason's hamper every day. No matter if you used it or not, every day in the morning there'd be a hamper coming up. Red Bull would be a delivery pizza, but when the guy comes to the door, there'd just be really loud Europop coming out <laughs> from the hotel room, and he'd be like, oh, this is weird. McLaren would just be just Kellogg's variety cereals. You know you know when you're on holiday and you get a box of like the eight varieties, that would be all they That's eat great. all day. Ferrari would be really great Italian food, but it gets delivered to the wrong address. Uh, Racing Point would just be leftovers because they're copying their previous meal. <laughs> Renault would be that delivery moment when you've thought you've ordered something nice, but you realise you've actually got something from a kebab shop down the road. And you go, oh, I thought I was getting like a nice burger from like, you know, a fancy place. But actually, this I've just this is just a shit burger from that place I walked past. Alpha Tari, pot noodles, Alpha Romeo, one of those make-at-home kits, but all the good bits are missing. And Haas. Haas is not realising that the turd in a brown paper bag was a practical joke and you weren't supposed to eat it. <laughs> And now for the man of the match of driving. Lewis Hamilton. Bottas. Did you say Bottas? I can't remember what I said. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Roman Grosjean has said that the bad driving he did on Sunday wasn't because he's a worse driver than dog shit, but because there were no, quote, real rules preventing it. His beef with Formula One, aside from inexplicably giving him a decade of career when we all know he should be flipping burgers at a petty chef on an auto route, is that because Max Verstappen once did some questionable moves but wasn't punished. And the fact that there is a lack of an explicit regulation against it means that he's allowed to drive like a dick. <laughs> this is a quote from him saying, Max Verstappen used it a lot during his racing, so I thought, why not take advantage of that? Because it's not every day that we're running 6th or 7th in the race, and I had to give everything I could to defend. This has all the hallmarks of a man who's lost custody to his kids and has been caught wanking outside their school, but decides to defend himself in court, because you can't trust laws or lawyers, can you? Look, Grosjean is mad, but he does have a slight point here. F1 should have more precedent set in the rules and the driver should be able to point out when the stewards are being inconsistent as everybody should be held to the same rules to account. But also there's the equal need for penalties to be dished out quickly and not have race results changed and ratified days or weeks after the Grand Prix. But don't worry, I have a solution. I propose that stewards' inquiries still take place whilst the driver is on the track and moreover, the driver has to defend their actions from the car during the race over the radio. 
Imagine Grosjean trying to drive there through maggots and beckets whilst on the radio going, well, I actually, I think you'll find that I'm weaving because I refer to the case of the FIA versus Verstappen where deciding to move late was not punished. And may I say, may I say, I was applauded thereby, setting a precedent for me just to have punted Mr. Ricardo off the track. You can't say I don't give them enough space, whereas I say they don't capture the ground on which they verily lay claim to. I rest my case, my lud. Oh, sorry, I've just crashed into the barrier. That was the State of F1, brought to you this season by Carfection. Terry, another video has dropped this week. Tell us about it, please. Actually, it's about radio in Formula One. I'm having a go at why the drivers talk on the radio against the State of F1 that I just said, actually. My State of F1 Carfection is entirely contradictory to the State of F1 I just did. Deal with it, <laughs> motherfuckers. Find the State of F1 right now at youtube.com forward slash carfection and stick around to discover the best looking car content anywhere online. That's youtube.com forward slash carfection now. That's it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Dromans. <laughs> goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about Lewis Hamilton, the anti-vaxxer. Or not, because he... He posted an anti-vaxxing video and then said, ah, oh, sorry, I didn't actually read it properly. Oh, I think vaccines are great. Or are they? And left it at that. And to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about Ron Dennis. Why aren't we talking about him? We haven't got time, Phil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll be back next week to discuss the 70th anniversary Grand Prix in one of our favourite countries, 70th anniversary in the meantime, <laughs> <laughs> what a great, what it's a brilliant. great joke. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1 sake and follow us on Twitter at for F1 sake. Terry, where can we buy merchandise? Well, I'm very sad to finally announce that you can no longer buy our t-shirts from the Argos catalogue. So we've moved fully online to ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Thanks for listening. See you next week. I've been Chica Ayres. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye, Bye. Ollie Sports Social Podcast Network.